Welcome to Drafting Compliance. I'm Kane, he's Tom, and we talked about FedRAMP go-to-market decisions with Jacob Berry last time. Today, we're talking about media protection. But first, we're talking about beers. Tom, what are we drinking today? You know, I've been watching this one in the refrigerator now for weeks. So uh, negative one for the freshness, maybe, but plus one for the can design. So as a person who likes both uh, hazy pale ales and comic books, uh, this one's going to hit two of my favorite uh, check marks. So this is Noob. It's made by Odd 13 Brewing. It is a hazy pale ale. So I wanted to show that. Odd 13, if, if uh, we have anybody listening in the, in the Denver area, it's um, in Lafayette, Colorado, which is sort of between Denver and Boulder. So if, you've, uh, if you're ever out that way, it's actually a fun little brewery I've been there. So. Oh, okay. Uh, last time I was up in Boulder, um, I was working with a government agency that claimed they weren't controlling the weather, but based on the spy satellite they had in their front lobby, you know who you are <laughs> if you're watching. I still believe they're c- controlling the weather. But also we have one of these giant cans. Tom, th- there's no way, right? This is not supposed uh, to fit in here, right? That's right. I mean, it may, but I wouldn't. It may. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. We're opening this, right? I thought you're say- yeah. I've already started pouring. I thought you're saying there's no way you're gonna drink all of it. <laughs> and I thought. Imagine I thought, that. No, come on. <laughs> that would oh, be a wow. startling. A- what in the world? This has a very honey appearance to it. Um. Very hazy. Very hazy. Very uh, foamy. Heady. Uh, yeah. Golden, I guess, would be the color that I'm going to go with yeah. here. Kind of looks like wheat. Is this I a wheat-based wheat. beer, I Tom? See, I see, no. Well, I mean, a lot of them are wheat-based, but I don't know if this one is or not, to be honest. But this is uh, – it's got mosaic and El Dorado hops in it. It says a rye malt. So, no, it's not wheat. It smells kind of sweet. There's that sweet going for floral. it. Hmm. I get citrus smell, so I, I'm gonna go with mango, pineapple. Oh my god! I got citrus. Really? I got I got foam on my nose again. Mm. <laughs> it smells so good. I, I'm gonna give it a taste. Yeah, I'm gonna have a go too, and we'll see what this is like. On amnesia lane. Um, <laughs> I remember back in the 1980s the, or the early 1990s, somewhere in that like you know hazy period of time, there was a, a brand of beer that was literally called beer, and it was like the store's off-brand beer. It was like the most generic thing ever. Um, that's what this reminds me of, is a, a powerful taste of amnesia from like um, many, many years ago drinking incredibly cheap beer, which was terrible then. I don't align with your thoughts at all. <laughs> this has way more character than the cheap. Uh, we called it near beer as well. So near beer, all right. Yeah, uh, this has definitely got a hop to it. So you taste the mosaic hops coming through for sure. That's what gives it that citrus flavor. There is a citrus, um, uh, like a lemon peel at the end. Yeah, I think that's accurate. What? Uh, how would you say it coats your mouth? You know, it's not as bad as the one where I tried to brush it off my tongue. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it definitely um, doesn't bite you back, but it's not as overpowering as many 
um, sort of hazy IPAs in this in this general uh, niche of the market. I think it's really good. I enjoy it. Well, I'm going to think about this one and see if the flavor profile changes over time as we're uh, recording here, Tom. Well, I'm but in the meantime, the rest of mine in the glass, so we're prepared to talk about <laughs> oh, media yeah, protection. I wonder if I could actually fit. Oh, you're already excited about media protection if you're trying to fit an entire beer. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I did it. I did it. Cool. That way we can acknowledge how few, how little of this I end up drinking. Um, Tom, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier. What is media protection under FedRAMP moderate? Yeah, I think most people will recognize the spirit of this set of controls. You know, it's really talking about, first and foremost, digital controls. So think about um, how you're protecting removable media, um, file transfer off network, um, insecure file transfer anywhere, those kinds of things. But it also touches on non-digital media. So this is talking about paper documents as well, mm -hmm. which I think uh, probably catches some people by surprise. Certainly the first time I read it, it caught me by surprise because, hey, we are in the digital age. Why do we have um, printed documents still, right? Uh, but, have you ever worked with mechanical engineers? They absolutely love their paper documents. Yeah, that's correct. I would say anybody in manufacturing has a lot of paper in general. So, um, yeah, so it's talking about both uh, removable uh, digital and non-digital media. So you do have to be, you know, you're going to get controls that seem a little wacky, like having to have your documents secured in a certain fashion as they, as they leave secure facilities. Um, so be prepared for that if you have that in your environment. Um, we simply don't have that in our environment, so we can um, craft pretty easy controls around that. Right. And, and just at a high level again, what are the, the main objectives of the media protection control family uh, in the FedRAMP moderate baseline? Yeah, I, I like to think of this as this is the controls that have led us to DLP, data life cycle mm -hmm. protection, right? So it's really saying, hey, do you know what data is critical in your environment? Do you know how that data can exfiltrate your network and do you have controls around it? And are you preventing exfiltration where you don't want it? All right, and so that covers a, a range of security measures, I imagine, to protect media. That could be um, that could be audio, for example, like we're doing here, or video, uh, and and so on, and information systems. So, how are we approaching implementing these controls within the context of FedRAMP Moderate? Yeah, this is definitely a layered approach. So there is no one tool that solves all of this problem. So, sort of foundationally, and in very early on in this process, you want to make sure you've categorized your data very well. Um, the good news is, is when I walked into Hyperproof, that was one of the first things I looked at. We actually did have a categorization process in place. Um, we use a tool called Google Workspace that really helps with our categorization of data. So it, it makes it sort of a non-brainer. But then pretty quickly, you're moving to things like how do we secure endpoints? How do we manage our mobile assets? Things like these devices right here that cause all kinds of problems, right? Yeah, all end, kinds of solutions, really, depending on right. your perspective. <laughs> solutions and problems, that's correct. I mean, I can't live without it. I know you, you probably feel the same way anymore. Mm, truth. Uh, and, then, and then, as I've mentioned, there's a whole set of controls around what you do with your paper documents as well. So we, we have many of these things in place, but there is no one single tool. So we're talking about MDM solutions. We're talking about BIOS level um, uh, prohibition of... of um, removable media, so USB um, locks, essentially. Um, we're talking about uh, DLP tools that live over top of our file structures. 
All right. And, I, you know, the information security and cybersecurity landscape really is not static. So how do we make sure that our media protection policies and procedures stay up to date with the evolving threat landscape? So, you know, just sort of the base thing you need to do is always review your policy. We, we put uh, annually on most of our policy. Sometimes we put every two years if we think it, it, it's okay to get away with every two years, but the reality is, is we're going to look at them every year. But we also put this caveat that we're going to be looking at it as events or security landscape changes. And so we, and I do say the collective we, so you're part of that, Kane, I'm a part of it. We are watching the news cycles. We are uh, subscribed to all sorts of news threads, right? We're getting uh, a pretty up-to-date understanding of those changing threats, and we're implementing those changes pretty quickly. And then the final thing I'll note um, just like recently we had the Rev4 to Rev5 change with FedRAMP. FedRAMP uh-huh. is updating to um, sort of reflect changes in the landscape as well. Oh, and if you're – int- uh, Well, I was going to tell our viewers, if you're interested in another series where I don't drink beer, uh, should tune into Kane's Top 5 and 5 Monthly uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Tom, going back to media protection, those controls often require coordination between different stakeholders like content creators, IT teams, and security personnel. How do you foster effective collaboration and communication among those groups? Yeah, there's, I'd say, again, there's layers to that, right? We make sure that relevant stakeholders all get a copy of policy as it gets updated. So they're seeing the policy. There is... um, training that goes along with most of this policy. So you, mm-hmm. you get to understand some of the background associated with policy through training, which is, in my opinion, is pretty critical. So you don't, doesn't feel like um, controls coming at you for no reason. And then we are talking pretty regularly with content creators about what is and isn't appropriate. So our media team is extremely active. So we talk to uh, media creators about how do we make sure we don't get um, unintended data uh, flow out through marketing, right? So there's mm-hmm. um, controls on our documentation. We talk about, is this able to be shared? Is this not able to be shared? We appropriately annotate that um, that content uh, so that they can know with a pretty easy check whether that can be shared or not. All right. So I want to talk about some examples of that. And before you give an example, one that I'm reminded of from a prior company <clears throat> We had a fairly detailed checklist whenever somebody took a photo in our offices. Uh, And, you know, the HR team might want to take a photo and show, like, look at our cool corporate culture. And we had to scrub those images that they took to make sure that there was nothing proprietary or confidential or otherwise restricted that could be shown in that. Eventually, it led us to having a, a policy of don't take photos in this part of the area. And same thing around ensuring that guests uh, were only allowed into certain parts of the facility so that they couldn't accidentally see something. So, Tom, what are some everyday examples of how an organization like Hyperproof might implement media protection measures in our cloud service offering? Yeah, great question. So we are 100% virtual, so it creates both opportunity and uh, problems. So we don't have a central uh, capability uh, for things like uh, DLP, right? So we have to uh, provide it over multiple um, SaaS applications in our environment. So we put DLP on both email and our primary file storage. <clears throat> we do things like 
we push out laptops pre-configured and hardened, which include uh, USB um, disablement, which <laughs> for anybody who, who's had to mess with a laptop without USB, that creates some challenges. Um, what we do is we prevent uh, specific movable, removable media from, from working. So you can still plug in a mouse and those kinds of things. Or a webcam, um, for example. Or, or a webcam, for example, mm -hmm. yeah. Which, um, to your point, that creates a different sort of media. So all of our media gets peer-reviewed, that gets created, that is video and or audio. And through that peer review, uh, we do uh, ask that we check for things like, are we letting any trade secrets out? Are we accidentally spilling the beans on something that hasn't been ratified internally. You know, th those kinds of things occur on that as well. All right. So then what's your advice, Tom, for organizations that are just starting to implement the media protection control family as part of their FedRAMP moderate compliance journey? Yeah, I would say step one is categorize your data. So understand what data is in the environment, categorize it, you know, in, into the normal groupings, public, private, classified, executive classified or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you have that well established and you have a methodology to mark data as well. And then probably the next step is understand how you're going to control in devices. Um, if you can get those two things solved, you can usually put a tool set over top to help manage um, each piece of that and you're, you're a long way down the road. The last thing is if, if you're different than us and you have a office structure you're going to want to dig in deeper than I had to, certainly, on physical paper and how are you managing you know, the, the, the paper. We, we certainly have controls around that, but we don't have the bulk of control uh, burden because the reality is, is we just don't print much off in this company. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. And the other advantage, I think, Tom, of getting into data classification, and I'm assuming you also mean data labeling on the back end, is ultimately an added bonus to that is companies then can deploy data deletion or disposition or retention depending on how you know what background you come from to actually manage the ongoing life cycle including the deletion or disposition of those data after they're no longer used which i see as an added bonus uh, mostly because first of all storage ain't free and second of all threat actors can't steal things that you've deleted right tom that's correct and then lawyers will generally uh, like it that you're not retaining data you don't need to retain anyway, right? Uh, that's very true. <laughs> retention and deletion is a part of this standard as well. So knowing how you want to go into that conversation ahead of time and getting some buy-off with the, with the relative stakeholders in your organization is, is important. That sounds fantastic. Well, that I think we've hit enough on media protection today. So let's move to, uh, to our beer reviews. Tom, I think this is... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my initial review or my – well, I can't change my initial reaction to it. Um, so you've grown to love it, it is what I think I hear you saying. Now, that could be taken out of context. Um, yeah, it's, it's citrusy, I suppose, is the only thing that I really get off of this at this point. It's still the the nose is inoffensive i suppose is how i might describe it it's inoffensive in and citrusy um uh it is not the worst thing that we've drank together on this show so no. if i was to give it a review on a I on a scale it. i <laughs> it's funny that that's the standard by which praise is measured um i'm going to give this a you know, about a, a 
about a four out of ten, I think, seems fair for this. Nice. That's uh, that's impressive. I'll say this. I mean, if you like this kind of beer, the hazy, citrusy, um, IPA kind of feel, you're going to like this beer. I've certainly had better, but this is one of my favorite styles. I think that's going to surprise absolutely nobody. So I'm going to rate this pretty high. I'd probably give this a seven. This is something I could drink pretty regularly and, and be happy about drinking it. Something I could share on the deck with a friend uh, as we peruse the uh, the sunset on a summer evening, you know? You're saying you're not having your friends over to talk about FedRamp Moderate, Tom. My goodness. I'm not. You know, if you're ever in the area, Kane, you're welcome. But <laughs> I think this would be one of those things as well. Friends don't make friends talk about FedRamp Moderate outside of work. <laughs> That's right. But no, Fan- I, I like it. Fantastic. Well, that's all for this month. Uh, Please do like and subscribe for more updates. And with that, we're out. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.